Tonight, we're talking about marriage, and uh, I think what I like about Ephesians chapter 5 is that we get real when we talk about marriage. And so, I want to encourage you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5, the text where we'll be. I titled tonight's lesson, Holy Matrimony, from Axios. This week, Americans are increasingly foregoing or delaying marriage, a dramatic shift from societal norms a generation ago. By the numbers, over the last 50 years, the marriage rate in the U.S. has dropped by nearly 60%. What's happening? What's causing that? Well, according to this article anyway, taxes and legal structures still give an advantage to married couples, but the formal benefits of marriage are diminishing, says one sociologist. Uh, The societal pressure to marry has eroded dramatically. Life's still a bit easier if you're married, he says, but many of the life events that we link to marriage, such as cohabitating or having kids, are increasingly occurring outside of marriage. This is an observation from a sociologist. He's not, I don't think... Weighing, you know, weighing this from a moral perspective or at all from a godly perspective. The reality check, even as, mar- as the marriage rate is falling, the institution still holds value in the U.S., uh, says a co-director for National Center for Family and Marriage Research. Case in point, high school seniors. High school seniors' attitudes toward marriage have remained relatively stable over the past several decades. In 1976, 74% of seniors said they expected to get married. And in 2020, 71% said so. Obviously, we've had a few things happen in the last few years. I don't know if that affected it, but that was according to a University of Mission, Michigan study. Uh, but he says, the way we think about marriage is changing. It used to be a basic institution that everyone bought into as a first step into an early adulthood. You get married, you moved in, you got a job. Marriage is increasingly becoming the last step into adulthood. And for a lot of people, it's an optional step. People are more likely to want to finish their education, find a job, pay off debt before getting married. And as a result, many are delaying marriage. The number of women entering their first marriage between the ages of 40 and 59, their first marriage between the age of 40 and 59 has jumped 75% in the last 30 years. The bottom line, expect far fewer 50th anniversary parties in the future. Yeah, the world's changing Hopefully, that's just within the world, but we often see trends that are in the world begin to seep into the church. So, we ought to talk about marriage. It's talked about this morning. We ought to value marriage. We ought to cherish it. Uh, I still think it's very important that we encourage new marrieds. Uh, I think it's encouraged. To, it's it's important to. Uh, Give honor to those who've been married 50, 60 years. A little little pop quiz for you, see if you know the answer. Uh, I might give you the answer. I'll ask you, who is the the newest married couple at Northside? Who is the newest married couple? And then, uh, who is the longest married couple? Okay, think about that. 
And if I decide to give it to you, I'll give it to you. If not, you can come up and ask me and we'll go from there. Ephesians chapter 5 is where we are. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Now, we got to start out by saying that most of your Bibles will have the um, heading for this section, Wives and Husbands, starting in verse 22. And I think that's in every translation I've ever seen. But I think it's in the wrong place. I really think that section starts in verse 21. It's because of what it says. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as even, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. And now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to, in everything to their husbands. Husbands... Love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish in the same way. Husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. You probably recognize that scripture from Genesis 2.24 from this morning. The mystery, verse 32, is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So we start by saying that the the foundation of any good marriage is this. It's two words. Mutual submission. Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Marriage begins best when both husband and wife are followers of Jesus. Now, I know a number of examples of situations where one was a follower and one was not, and the other one came along later. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying the the, the best, the ideal, because... When you only have one who submitted themselves to Christ, only one sees the importance of submitting to the other. Really submitting themselves, as we'll talk about. And to do that requires, well, I think it requires having the heart of a disciple of Jesus. Someone who understands what it means that I'm laying down my life Everything about it belongs to Jesus because he did the exact same thing for me. And so marriage begins best when both husband and wife are on the same page in this regard. doesn't always happen, I understand that. But if you go into it, if you're choosing someone that you're going to get married, and, and one of the things you really ought to pay attention to is whether or not that person is a Christian, whether or not they've 
submitted themselves to Christ. And if they haven't, you think, well, I can change them and I still want to get married. You better get some counsel on that. And, and you should be sure. And you should know that your marriage is going to be a lot harder. Discipleship begins with submission to the Lord and, and with, with trust that Jesus' way is best. And 2 Corinthians 6.14 is a well-known passage. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Okay? We've got to be careful about how much we intertwine our lives with people who are not believers. It's true in marriage. It's true in business partnerships. It's true in lots of things. We, we should be very careful about how much we choose to intertwine with people who do not know Jesus because it changes everything. And so from that covenant, Paul then begins. And he points now to the, the very first covenant we talked about this morning, the marital covenant between man and wife, between a husband and his wife, the two becoming one. When we start here in the Christian marriage, we start with an attitude of submission. It's not an attitude of what can I get and what, do I, what are my rights it's the attitude of what can I give? What can I give up? How can I bless my husband or wife? Now, the roles of marriage, according to Ephesians 5, are different. Uh, God has a lot of uh, ways. We talked about the family this morning. The original divinely inspired group, the first group is a family. And he had different roles within the family. He has different roles within marriage. He has different roles within the church. God's not saying that one's greater than or less than. He's saying there's different roles. And I've designed you to take on this role. And I've designed you to take on this role. And if you'll work together, you'll be better if you're both living out the roles that you're called to. These roles are distinctly different, and yet they're complementary. Uh, as much as the world tries to convince you, uh, men and women are not the same. They're the same in the sense of value, you know, made in the image of God. They're the same in that regard, certainly. But, but same in, in terms of equal, in terms of physically, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually. There's all sorts of studies. They show that men and women are different. That should not be a profound thing. That should be something that we appreciate. God didn't make someone just like Adam for Adam. Okay? That would not be a blessing. <laughs> Verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. And wives are called to, in their role, submit to the husband as head of the home. Not better, it's just, the, this, and he'll use the comparison again and again between the church and the body. Okay? We, as the church, all together lower ourselves before a common Lord. Uh, the picture of the body, the head and the body. Okay? Uh, both entities need each other. But you can't have two heads. And it doesn't work well to have two bodies. 
You got to have these two, but but you can't have the head without the body. That doesn't work very well. Okay, Uh, you can't have the body without the head. So Christian wives are called to are, are, are to submit themselves as to as they do to the headship of Christ. Husbands are assigned the role of head. So let's talk about that. Uh, that does not mean that does not mean dictator. That does not mean uh, tyrant. It means head. Now my head, if it's smart, does not do anything to dishonor the body. Contained in the body are all the crucial systems for the head. (laughs) So the head, if it's wise, honors, cherishes, nourishes the body. Okay? The body and head are connected, as we said. You can't have one without the other. Paul says, the husband is head as Christ is head of the church. Uh, Christians yield to Jesus as ultimate authority. It's one of the most important lessons. Parents, one of the most important lessons for your children to learn is the lesson of authority. Your children do not learn the lesson of authority. Their life's going to be much harder. When they get to school, when they go to work, when they get out in the world, they got to understand there are different roles and different people in charge. Okay? Um, you know, when I was teaching my son to drive, I said, now, if you ever get pulled over, it may happen, okay? you need to understand who's in charge. And it's not you. You put your hands at 10 and 2. You turn your car off, you say yes sir and no sir, because he's the authority. Whatever he asks for, a driver's license or insurance or whatever it is, you say yes sir, it's right over here. You're showing respect to the proper authority. That's important to learn, okay? We have to do that to be Christians. Jesus is the ultimate authority. And so... Because we submit to Jesus, and in submitting to his headship, we receive, as the body, his salvation, his grace, his peace, his protection, his love. So, submission gets a bad rap, but submission brings a lot of blessings if we do it in the correct way. Uh, Submission is a giving up of yourself to gain far better blessings. I told my son about how to interact properly with a police officer because I've had to do it a few times myself. And the number of times that I've been let off is a testament to the grace and mercy of God above and also the police officers. But it comes because I'm very respectful Now, does it always work? No. Sometimes they just write you a ticket. And they're feeling pretty good because they got their quota for the month. Okay, But if I will yield to the proper authority, sometimes there's a better blessing. It certainly is not going to yield any blessings if from the moment police officer red and blue, 
I fight every single thing. I'm going to see these videos on YouTube, people. I forget what they're called. Um, oh, they, it's a sovereign citizen. I don't know if you know about this. They think they, they are their own person. And that, they, that police officer has no authority. So they'll open the window about this much. And they just do everything possible to make that traffic stop a pain in the officer's neck. Let me ask you. I mean, they might have the right to do that. Is that wise? You think that'll be a blessing? Probably not. In history... Uh, One example that is actually used in Scripture is the example of Roman citizenship. A person was considered a a citizen of Rome, got a lot of benefits that went along with that, but it required yielding to the laws of Caesar, yielding to Caesar, which would ultimately be be a problem uh, for the church. Citizenship required some things, following the law, paying your taxes, but also within those Submitting to that authority were some, with some blessings. Well, okay, that's, those are a couple of examples to say. What Paul is saying here to Christian wives is not intended to hurt them, nor is it intended to be abused. It is intended to, to make a Christian marriage work in the way God designed it to work. Okay? So, she submits to the husband as to the Lord. Now, he's not the Lord in the eternal sense. He didn't die for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, no husband is God, unless any gentlemen here who are married get that complex. Um, both I and you will be corrected. <laughs> um, but the husband is the head of the household, is the head just as Christ is the head of the church. Okay? The reason he's the head is because he bears responsibility. He's to be the leader, the protector, um, I think this applies in several ways. And, you know, there's a strange noise in the middle of the night. You hear a window break or a door open. You know, it's it's dad that needs to get up and and check things out. He's a protector. Dad should be the spiritual protectors. Any of you young ladies, I don't know if your dads do this, but if you get to dating age, I... I hope your dad interviews every young man you bring. And I know some of you hate me for that, but I've got a daughter over there who's dutifully paying attention, isn't she? You know, and I'll do the same for her. Okay? Now, girls. Okay? So, we, we, we as dads, as husbands, have some roles that God's given to us that, do, that cannot be done if we're not granted the authority as head. This is not to abuse. It's not to say, it's my way or the highway. It's not to say, you're a servant of me. That's not it at all. It is you can't give a man responsibility without giving him authority. All right. Verse 25. Okay. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And we have to be careful again because the world throws around love so much we don't even have any idea what it means. Okay? But from a biblical perspective, love is all about sacrificing what you want. That's how Jesus loved us. 
So when a husband is loving his wife as he's commanded to love her in Scripture, he becomes the authority, the head, and as the wife yields to him, submitting herself, submitting her will, these two things work in congruence together. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. How did he love the church? Well, he goes on to say, gave himself up for her. Okay, the, the, With Jesus, Jesus was the authority, is the authority, is the head. You know, Colossians 1 and other scriptures testify to this. Old and New Testament scriptures again and again show us the authority. Okay? When he came into the world, he absolutely had every right to take his throne and rule. He didn't. He didn't. He loved by laying down his life. Philippians 2 is the scripture on this. How he laid down himself again and again and again. And he did that out of his love for us. So husbands, love your wives in the same way. Give yourself up for her. In every way. And he gets more specific in verse 26. That he might sanctify her. Having cleansed her by the washing with water and the word. So that he might present to him uh, the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. That she might be holy and without blemish. Okay. When husbands are called to love their wives, you know, I've talked about this before, chicken love. You know, what's, what's chicken love? And chicken love is, if I say to you, I love chicken, and you think, oh, he, he clearly loves chicken. Well, do I really love chicken? Because I support a company almost daily that kills chickens maliciously, deep fries them, puts them in between two pieces of bread. Do I really love chicken? No, I don't really love chicken. I, I love what the chicken does for me. A lot of people, when they say, I love you, they love what you can do for me. The young man wants to move in with you and says he loves you. He doesn't love you. He, he chicken loves you. He loves what you can do for him. All right? Or a young lady has the same thing. So this kind of love is not self-love, selfish love. It's self-sacrificial love. Christian husbands understand the call. This is why it's so important to be on the same page. Is that we are called to love as husbands in the same way Christ gave himself up. The ultimate example of, you know, Luke 22. Not my will, but yours. And he did that to sanctify her. He did that to make her holy. He did that to make her better. Loving her better makes him better. And loving him better makes her better. And the more he blesses her, the more he is blessed. Proverbs 31. The Proverbs 31 woman, you know that scripture probably. Um, It goes and describes this woman who serves her household and she's up early and she's working hard and she's a blessing to her husband 
And specifically in verse 11 of 31, it says this, The heart of her husband safely trusts her, and he will have no lack of gain. Did you hear what that says? Husbands, if you have a godly wife, and you're blessing her, and you trust her, and she's a godly woman, you will be blessed more than you can ever possibly imagine. That's how God designed Eve for Adam, and that's how God has designed all women to be a blessing. But it doesn't work that way if you don't begin by saying, not my will, but yours. Christ's purpose was to sanctify, to make holy, to, to improve her to do for her what she could not do for herself. Boy, if that isn't the role of Christian husbands, I don't know what is. Submit yourself, give yourself up for her. Sanctify her. In, in your role as husband, I will ask, are you, are you helping your wife be holy? Pray together. You read scripture together. Who's heading up what and getting the family ready for church? Is it your job, husbands, to get dressed and go wait in the car and honk every few minutes? Or are you helping get the kids dressed and fed? And okay, Our, what he says is as Christ to sanctify her, to help her. Be holy, and especially to do for that which she cannot do for herself. Now, that could be physical things, that could be protection things. But I think we do well as men to pay attention and to help our wives and love them. First Peter 3, 7 says, Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, that that term really tweaks some people. Okay, um, one good translation, I think that's better than weaker, is more delicate. Um, tender-hearted. I I think. I can certainly tell many stories on myself when I um, have been insensitive. Let's, let's put it that way. Okay? And I have to work on that to be more delicate, to be a little more patient, to be a little more tender in how I say things and how, how I treat my wife. That's what Peter's talking about. Be understanding, show honor to her. We don't, in our world today, have much to do with the, or have much of the, the good special china. But I remember Grandma always had that. She had a big china set and china cabinet and a whole bit. And that was all very special. It was delicate. It was easily breakable. It was, it was uh, to be handled with care. That's why Grandpa built these shelves for it to protect it, 
because it's more delicate. That's what Peter's saying. Protect her. Look after her. Um, got a lot of good examples of it. <laughs> um, most Sunday mornings, I will talk to uh, Rosie West. She comes in, say hi to her. And I'll usually say, well, where's Max today? She'll say, or, I'm sorry, where, where's, where's Al today? And she'll say, oh, he's, he's out parking the car. Because that's what Al does for Rosie. And that's a good husband. He's looking out after her. That's important. That's good. Um, nourish her spiritually, protect her physically and spiritually, cherish her daily, give himself up for her. Um, number three. So, the foundation is mutual submission. So we got role one, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Understanding that he's the head and just as Christ is the head of the church. Number two, husbands, love your wives. <laughs> Give yourself up for her. You have, a, you have a role, a big job, and part of that job is to... Give yourself up for her. Part of your job is to cleanse her, to make her holy, and to make her better. Uh, as you cherish her, you'll receive even greater blessing yourself. Within marriage, this is verse 31 and 32, there is a message. And it's this. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and, the two, and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. This is the addendum that we didn't talk about this morning. This mystery is profound, and I am saying it refers to Christ and the church. Now, we said this morning the blessings that come from marriage, maturity, uh, boundaries, commitment, devotion, unity, companionship, relationship, all of those things. But here's the bonus. Even more than that, in marriage, when you're fulfilling your covenant correctly, it gives you a a picture that's centered in the gospel. A picture that points us from the first covenant to a far better covenant. The original covenant was between man and wife. The new and better covenant is between Christ and the church. And the more, this is like a practical way for Christians to live out the relationship between Christ and the church. So what, he's, what I think, if I see this and understand this correctly, is that the better we are as Christian husbands and Christian wives, the more deeply and more intimately and the more personally we understand the gospel. The relationship between all of us and him. And, and both for husband and wives, if we're doing our job right, I as a husband more deeply understand the sacrifice that Jesus made. The laying down of himself for his bride. And it goes on and on. So that's what I think in the original plan of God, the purpose was designed to help us incorporate and be better, but also that as we live in the Christian age, it points us every day 
every day. Every husband should have a better understanding of what Jesus did for us. Every wife should have a better understanding of what our role is within the church and how we submit to Christ in everything. You see, because he loves sacrificially, because he gave himself up, because he sanctified us by his blood, because he cleansed us at baptism, we have been made perfect, unblemished, unstained, holy, and sanctified. Not because of what we did, but because of what he's done. And so we, as his bride, submit to him in everything. And we obey his commands, and we serve him with gladness. Because in submission to him, we find the greatest blessings that we'll ever know. So, all of that. What do we do? <laughs> Let me give you an application and then we'll close. Verse 33 tells you what to do. Uh, however, verse, this is, um, sorry, verse 30, yes. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So, husbands, here's your to-do. Okay, here's what you leave here with. It's three words. Love your wife. Not love her as you want to be loved. Love her as she needs to be loved. Let each of you love his wife as himself. You have a question. Well, what does that mean? If you want a definition, go to 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind. It's not angry. It keeps no record of wrongs. It's a pretty good description in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. That's your job. That's your to-do with this lesson. Wives, respect your husband. Okay? Understand his authority. Understand his sacrifice. Acknowledge his provision and his protection. Be grateful. And the secret to that is that you have to go first. And I wasn't pointing to your spouse. I was pointing to you. You go first. Who goes first? Yes. (laughs) Wives, respect your husbands. Husbands, love your wife. And in the more that a wife respects her husband, the more he feels loved. And the more he then begins to overflow with with love toward his wife. And, it, and the more she feels love, the more she respects him. This is put forth in a book called Love and Respect. This is not my idea. Um, but it's a building cycle. It's a constructive cycle. Some of the best marriages you see are not those that are always the longest in length, but those that are greatest in depth. How do you get there? Love and respect. But it can go in the opposite direction. And just a word of warning. Husbands, the the less you love your wife, the less she respects you. The less she respects you, the less love you show to her. And this can devolve into a dysfunctional, destructive marriage. And if you're in that cycle, the easiest way to stop it is just... Do what you're called to do in Scripture. Well, I will when he does, and I will when she does. Wrong answer. Uh, 
(laughs) You go first. And the scripture says that if we'll do this, our marriages will work and will point us to a better marriage and a better understanding of our covenant with Jesus. All right. I'm not going to give you the answer in the sermon. You come and find me if you think you know the newest couple and the couple that's been married the longest. And with, uh, with both of those answers, I'll accept I've got two answers on either. So let's finish by praying together. Father in the heaven, we thank you for your word. It's instructiveness to our hearts. I pray that the words that I've shared tonight um, will not be mine, but will be yours. And I pray that you'll cause all minds here and those listening online to quickly forget anything that's of me, but that all things from your word will sit and sink and change our hearts and our lives and our marriages. Help us to be better as scripture calls us to a higher and better way. Help us to be like Jesus, to lay down ourselves in the true act of love, to make each other holy. And may our marriages reflect the gospel in every regard. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy to us. We thank you for your love, and we know that you love us because of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.